2: The numbers told the story, they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics.
3: Good Wednesday morning, too. It is a numbers game at Visa. the Sports Betting Network, VSAN.com, the VSAN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeart, Radio, YouTube, TV. Oh, Jeff, is there a better morning than this? The morning before March Madness, all we're going to do, Jeff and I, talk about our brackets today from a uh, just a strict pool advance in your brackets perspective ats we'll have survivor thoughts as well we'll do it region by region interspersed with uh, a few guests today brady cannon will be in talk uh, valspar for a moment with us jason weigarten as always from under a cloud of smoke in southern cali uh, he obviously making uh, baseball bets as well his he's coming into uh, town right after the show today so he's kind enough to do a segment with us and then get hop on a plane private jet i don't know what he's flying Spirit or Private Jet? Could be one or the other, Jeff.
4: It's no, probably sure. on a—what's that semi-private jet company that goes back and forth to Southern California oh, uh, that your
3: guy or loves? Oh, I'm on that thing. Jet Suite, was it? I think. Yeah, Seven that N? sounds right. Was there an X in it? I can't yeah, remember. J- JSX. Yeah, I, think used, it is? I used to take that to uh, Oakland a little bit. Yeah. Clark Kellogg will join us from uh, the CBS selection show that he does each and every year with Greg Gumbel and Seth Davis. Clark Kellogg with his round of 64 and Tournament Thoughts. But first, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, PG-13 version of the three-man weave crew, not like those other potty-mouths,
0: Kai McKeon and uh, Matt Cox. It's Jimmy Root. How you doing, Jimmy? I'm great. Yeah, you mentioned it's the day before. Uh, wrapped up a whole bunch of shows and content yesterday, so it's like I kind of get to cruise through today, hang out with you a little bit, and then, boom, games tomorrow. It's going to be glorious. I'm told you have a you have a heart out today because you're so in demand, Jim, that you've got, you've got a thing yeah. right after this.
3: Yeah, well, you get to have Clark Kellogg
0: instead of me. I think you'll do okay. Yeah, all right with that.
3: So, okay, <laughs> we haven't had a chance to talk to you. You you are the uh, the stalwart here on this show through the years. Again, at 3MW underscore CBB for all the three-man weave stuff from the three uh, from the three amigos. Let's just start with the first four in-games that have yet to be played, the two tonight. Any thoughts, ATS, on these two ballgames?
0: Um, I'm struggling with side, but I do like the under in Rutgers, Notre Dame. I think that's going to be an ugly half court game. We saw the first like 13 minutes yesterday of Indiana, Wyoming. I think they had 25 combined points. Oh yeah. I, I see something similar ish happening today. Maybe not even the scoring out, outburst that, uh, happened in the late, late in the first half. I, I just think both teams want to play in a half court. Both teams do things defensively that really bother the other team. Notre Dame's going to pack the paint, maybe play some zone. Rutgers can't handle that. And then the Scarlet Knights, a very long physical defensive team. I think they can bother Notre Dame's lack of athleticism. So under uh, 130-ish or so, 131, uh, whatever's out there. I think it's down to 130, I think is good.
3: Okay. Uh, by the way, I can't tell you how many texts I got from random people who showed up for the college basketball season about a week ago who were
0: like, really? A&M's out in Wyoming's in this thing. Too, too many yeah, of those yeah. at least yeah, three or four surprising, but yeah, I mean, you can't take last night's performance as evidence yeah. for that. That's that's not how it works.
3: No, that's why I bring up, showed up for basketball season a week ago as, as part of the caveat there. All right, uh, round of 64. Obviously, 90% of the people listening to the show this morning are filling out their brackets today uh, for submission. Obviously, the deadline, first thing of the morning. Give me the, an upset rewarded pools. Give me the seeds, the double-digit seeds that you think are
0: most likely to advance. Yeah, most likely. Uh, obviously, like going with a bunch of upsets can can be tough. I mean, sometimes chalk is what wins, but I certainly think fewer live. I fall in love with these mid majors every year. Uh, so I'll start with the easy one, South Dakota State. They're only getting two points against Providence, so I, I think anybody with uh, any sort of inclination towards that angle will understand why they're live, just because they're they're almost a pick 'em against Providence. Uh, I think the offense is deadly enough. We saw what the summit representative did last year. Oral Roberts with the two wins out of the 15 seed slot. I think South Dakota State is even better than that Oral Roberts team was, as indicated by the seed and the spread. So the Jackrabbits, I think, can win. Uh, Vermont and Colgate are two other ones I'll take a peek at here. Uh, start with Vermont. They're against Arkansas in Buffalo. I don't totally buy the geography thing mattering that much for a lot of these teams. Uh, they've had similar travel times, but uh, this is more matchup based. I think Vermont has the offense. They they ran through the America East. Granted, they haven't played great competition since like December, uh, but I, I think they're good enough to play against Arkansas, who got down early against Colgate last year uh, and Vermont's better than last year's Colgate. This year's Arkansas is worse than last year's version. So I think the catamounts are potentially live. And then Colgate, as I mentioned, taking on Milwaukee or Wisconsin in Milwaukee I'm not too worried about that at all either. I think all the other fan bases are going to side with Colgate uh, and that team's not going to get overwhelmed athletically and they have the shooting to go on big runs. So yeah, I I think the Raiders are are definitely live there against Wisconsin.
3: Not mentioned in the South region, UAB to perhaps pull off an upset of uh, Houston, which I've heard uh, many say, and Chattanooga to perhaps get by the fighting Illini. You, uh, You omitted those two from the answer.
0: Yeah, I don't like the matchup at all for either one of them. Uh, UAB is basically kind of a a JV Houston, and that's kind of a mean way to say it. But I think Houston is just better at almost everything that UAB does well. Uh, Offensive rebounding, forcing turnovers, playing just physical from opening tip to the final buzzer. Uh, So I prefer Houston there. And then the Illinois Chattanooga one is tougher as well. Uh, the, the mocks, I, I was kind of ready to back them as a double-digit seed, getting points as an underdog, but they don't do the things that I think would really stress out Illinois, which is, is mainly ball screens. Uh, Illinois, they, they, they face the most ball screens in the entire country because Kofi Coburn is not very mobile. You want to get him out on the perimeter, moving around. It's what Loyola Chicago did to them last year. And Chattanooga's offense has almost no ball screens in it at all. They don't run much pick and roll. I think that limits their ability to take Illinois, uh, take advantage of Illinois, lets them off the hook. So I'm leaning towards the Illini there. Got, got chalk in that little uh, subsection of the bracket.
3: All right, let's do it from an ATS perspective. Round of 64, your favorite spread bets or total.
0: Or uh, I'll, I'll start are... with one Thursday. Uh, I'm, I'm big into St. Mary's. Uh, they, they're taking on Indiana who just won last night. I did not think they looked very good. This is 748 on the betting board laying two and a half land three. Uh, They're very similar to Indiana and Wyoming. Uh, All three teams play through the post a ton, but St. Mary's has some rest and some prep advantage. Indiana flew out at 4. AM Eastern last night, just arrived in Portland like an hour ago. I think that's going to throw off their sleep schedule. their, Their preparation schedule. They don't have as much time to look at St. Mary's. And the Gales are just so solid. They're not going to make the mistakes that Wyoming did last night. Ten turnovers from, from Wyoming's point guard. You will not see that from Tommy Cousy, the Gales point guard. So I, I think they can lay that two and a half or three. If you want to feel safer, you could go the money line and, and not have to deal with those points. But I, I'm okay laying them with St. Mary's, given the, the matchup and just the, the prep time situation.
3: All right. And then if I asked you to say, uh, if you're filling out your brackets, you're Elite eight. What did you end up with?
0: Oh, let's see. I've got Gonzaga and Texas tech in the West, uh, St. Mary's and Kentucky down in the East. I think the Gales are are excellent and I'm looking at them to go on a run, uh, Arizona Villanova in the South and Iowa Auburn in the Midwest. So a lot of chalk, but a couple teams getting through there rather surprising Uh, Iowa and St. Mary's two, five seeds, uh, I actually like a lot more of the thirteen seats to pull off upsets this year or, or have higher potential than the the five twelve as typical, uh, but that 's where I landed with the elite eight
3: all right we're, we're similar on five of eight i i would I would think a lot of people would be similar on uh at least half of those 13 seeds uh, seems to be a consensus again with upset minded pools that you're filling out with upset minded survivor pools that you're filling out. That is key to know, uh, Jim, you got to go before you do your buddies are in town. Where are y'all watching the games today and tomorrow? Not that we're stalking you. I mean, excuse me, tomorrow and Friday. <laughs> no, you're welcome to stalk us. No, yeah, we'll be no, at no, hard,
0: no. hard rock cafe on Thursday on the strip and then beer park on Friday. That's our annual tradition. Get some outdoor time. Uh, and I'll hit you with one more pick. Oh, you know, please, please. both Friday, 771 on the rotation, Loyola, basically a pick against Ohio state. I love the Ramblers. I, I think the Ohio state's kind of floundering right now. They have some injuries. Loyola has been here before other than uh, their head coach. Wasn't the head coach, but he has also been here. It was part of that sweet 16 run last year. Their whole starting lineup was basically part of it. Uh, yeah. So minus one pick. I, I think that's all fine. Uh, big, big fan of the Ramblers on Friday. I think they take care of business. Speaking of 10-7s, just one to real quick. Uh, Davidson, Michigan State, who do you like there? Davidson. Yep. I, I, I'm buying into that one.
3: Okay. Jim, hard out. You got things to do. You got to go. We appreciate the time, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Jim Root, everybody. At Second Chance Points, by the way, with the number two, if you want to check him out personally, but three-man weave again at 3MW underscore CBB. Jeff and I got to go through every bracket, uh, just in terms of advancing in your bracket, and ATS thoughts and survivor thoughts coming up region by region momentarily. Uh, did you see this latest Tom Brady thing yesterday, Jeff, though? This was the uh, rumor du jour of Tom Brady. Uh, is it Ben Volin who who works for the Boston Globe? I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He uh, he was on a show there in Boston. I think it's the one that Christian uh, Foria does on the radio there at WEEI. And, you know, we've been speculating, okay, do you take Tom Brady at his word that he retired because he was just, yeah, this is the end. I reached out. And then he changed his mind. He's like, oh, no, the place for me is on the field. Did you believe he was trying to engineer a trade to, say, the San Francisco 49ers, his boyhood love team, uh, where... Then he realized, oh, Bruce Arians, Malcolm Glazer, and the the Buccaneers brass wasn't going to have it. And so he was like, oh, well, they're not trading me. I'll go stay, play for the Buccaneers. Well, this theory was from Volan. He said that he believes that Tom Brady was set to become a key cog in the Miami Dolphins front office. It was a package deal. Sean Payton was going to be the coach in Miami. Tom Brady, who owns a home on one of the most exclusive islands in Miami, was going to be in the front office. It was going to be a package deal. And then later that day, if you remember, when Tom Brady retired, came down the pipe the Brian Flores lawsuit, which threw a monkey wrench into everything. And Tom had to struggle with that over the last 40 days. And he was like, well, this isn't going to happen, so I guess I'll just come back and play. 100% buy it. 100% buy it. 100% buy it. It's interesting. Sound, that's about as plausible as it gets to me as well. Could very well be. We'll come back. Jeff and I will do this region by region next numbers game. Visa,
5: the Sports Betting Network. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft.
6: Gil
2: Alexander
3: on v the Sports Betting Network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted hot specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM, state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble, respond. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander, Clark Kellogg, uh, standing by in about uh, 15 minutes. Um, Jeff, yesterday on the show, we teased our tennis picks, and then we failed to put them out on the show. I'm blaming you. Uh, Not alone. (laughs) uh, But you did put them in the newsletter. And everybody on Twitter, and there was a bunch of them, about 20, 25 people, I would say, asked on Twitter, gave them depth. We went 2-0 on those picks. So pumped about that. We will have one pick later on the show.
4: I was going to say, maybe we just forget again.
3: <laughs> we keep doing that. That's that's the key to all of this. We'll just keep forgetting, and then you'll have to go like to other extreme methods to get them. Maybe that's the strategy. Nah, we'll give a tennis pick later. Just one, though, as uh, we're the quarters in the ladies' side and uh, the round of 16 on the men's side. All right, ready to do this, Jeff? Ready? Let's go. Bracket by bracket. Let's start with the West. We'll spend this segment on the West, and again, we'll just talk about advancing – We'll talk about any ATS thoughts and any survivor thoughts. All right, Gonzaga is taking on Georgia State. Gonzaga, uh, I assume we will both be advancing in our brackets. As far as the number is concerned, do you want any part of this game? I do not. You do not
4: make it make it very easy for you. So I that do a not. Very very
3: quick answer to that. All right, nothing uh, nothing there in the uh, in the Gonzaga game against Georgia State. Georgia State, the Sun Belt Conference tournament champions. Uh, and Gonzaga, the first overall seed for the second straight year. Remember with Gonzaga, they're trying to uh, buck at least short-term history. They're the AP number one before the tournament, has not won an NCAA tournament since 2012 when Kentucky did it. So Gonzaga trying to be the first team since then to do so. Uh, Gonzaga, we assume, will play the winner of Boise State and Memphis, the 8-9 game in the Western region. I got Memphis advancing I would actually lay the number here, too, despite uh, this network's love for Boise State.
4: Boise State has the better coach. The problem that they're going to have is that this is as talented of a team as there is in the country, period. It's just a matter of uh, what version of the Tigers shows up. I did advance Boise in my bracket solely because I think Memphis is going to be one of those lopsided nine seeds in bracket pools this year. Uh, but I really don't have much confidence. I'm not going to bet this game. The only thing I would look at would actually be betting an in, in, in under potentially in this game. I think this will be a uh, a defensive minded game, even if the pace doesn't fully show under game. All right, Boise State, the Mountain West uh, Conference tournament champs, 0
3: and 7. By the way, the uh, the the uh, Boise State. Uh, History history in the NCAA tournament, 0-7 all-time in the NCAAs. Memphis, their first NCAA appearance since 2014. By the way, both the Gonzaga-Georgia State and Boise State-Memphis game are tomorrow in Portland. Other side of that bracket's at Buffalo. number 5, UConn, with their highest seed since uh, winning the title back in 2011, the Kemba Walker version of the Husky champions, against number 12, New Mexico State, the WAC Conference tourney champs. UConn advances for me, I assume for you as well. Not an upset pick here?
4: Yeah, not an upset pick. Uh, New Mexico State's good, but too much talent in the end for UConn. E- significantly easier travel to Buffalo for the Huskies. So. Uh, number, though, I think six and a half, seven's about right. So I don't really see any betting angles here. But for your bracket pools, advance the Huskies. UConn,
3: New Mexico State winner, takes on the winner of the 4-13 game. We just talked about it a little with Jimmy Root from Three Man Weave, also in Buffalo. Number four, Arkansas, who's lost uh, five of their last six round of 32 games when advancing to the uh, to the tournament against the Vermont Catamounts. Number 13 seed, America East Conference 30 champs, who won 22 of their last 23 and the one loss was a one-point overtime loss. Jim was talking about Vermont as a potential giant killer here. If, if this just seems like a game that could go vastly either way, like Arkansas could just absolutely stifle them uh, with a just a, a high-speed game. Vermont, though, if they start hitting threes, different story. No, I'm not touching the uh, not touching the spread, but I'm advancing Arkansas. I don't buy into the upset
4: here. Wait. Later points. Yeah. Later points with Arkansas. I look. Vermont was absolutely dominant in America East play. I mean, just look at their their run through the the A E tournament, where they had the largest point differential of the last fifteen years in a conference tournament for a three game run. So, but but in the end, I just don't think the the uh, the Catamounts have the athlete to play with Arkansas. And look, Arkansas. Uh, kind of has that uh has that, that that nuts that idiot factor every once in a while uh it's the same problem with Connecticut that's why I would be very excited for a UConn Arkansas game just see what boneheaded plays show up in that potential matchup. But I'm going to end up laying with Arkansas. I just think the talent uh, and the athleticism on the Hogs, just too much for the Catamounts in the end. And we've kind of seen this the last three tournaments with Vermont. Uh, It's kind of a sexy upset pick. Don't cover against Florida State last year. Don't cover against Purdue in 2019. A lot of people
3: in brackets, upset-rewarded brackets, and in upset-rewarded survivor pools may take a shot on the Catamounts. I will not. Let's go to the other side of the uh, West region Friday game six eleven. Bama's going to take on the winner of Rutgers Notre Dame which is tonight that game will be in San Diego on Friday Alabama seeking their first consecutive sweet 16 since all the way back in 1990-91 uh do you agree that if it's Notre Dame you'll advance Alabama if it's
4: Rutgers you'd have some question about it. if it's Notre Dame it's without a doubt Bama moves on unless if again the thing with Alabama, they can come out and shoot 18% from three. We've right. seen that plenty of times this year, and they've lost to the likes of my alma mater, Missouri, and Georgia, who are both who are both really bad this year. So, um, if it's Rutgers, I would I would advance the Scarlet Knights. I think defensively they'll be able to either defend a three well or run them off the line. Even though again, Alabama's actually better if they're better if they're taking twos, but. Uh, if Bama plays uh, Notre Dame, I, I think Notre Dame is by far the weakest out large. As it ended up showing up, of course, they were the last team in. The team shouldn't have been in the tournament. They'll prove that tonight when Rutgers beats them. Yeah, Notre Dame, the
3: 47th overall seed uh, when uh, going one through 68 in this tournament. Also in San Diego, winner of Bama and uh, the Rutgers-Notre Dame result. We'll take on the winner of Texas Tech and Montana State. three fourteen game in the West Region. Montana State, winner of the Big Sky Conference Tournament. First NCAA tournament for Montana State since 1996. I'm advancing Texas Tech. They are 15-point favorites. I will not be playing Montana State in any form, brackets, survivor, anything.
4: Yeah, I I don't know how the Bobcats are going to score in this game. That's my big concern. Uh, Maybe a team total under for Montana State would be the way that I would play this. Uh, Again, I'm not really comfortable laying a whole boatload of points with Texas Tech, even though, again, they should have their way in this game. All right, other side of the Friday portion of the West, Michigan State,
3: number 7 seed, 24th straight NCAA appearance for the Spartans against number 10, Davidson. Uh, Davidson 0-4 in the NCAA tournament since the great Steph Curry left. Michigan State has a 7-seed, just a one-point favorite, against number 10 Davidson. So this is very coin-flippy, barely, you know, almost coin-flippy. I think a lot of people will take Davidson here. I will as well.
4: I will as well. This is the best team McKillop's ever had, as you said, in the non-Steph Curry division of teams. And the Michigan State team's really not any good. you are dealing with injuries on top of it. Uh, I would, just from a comedic purpose, would love to see Michigan State play Duke, to see which one of Izzo and Shashevsky oh. actually does less coaching at this
3: point. Like the committee didn't have that matchup in oh, mind. I,
4: yeah. What,
3: from around the 32. <laughs> yeah.
4: No, I, look, David, Davidson's really good. They're really good offensively. Uh, look, the the only thing that could ha- that, that could happen here is that Michigan State's making their shots, and Davidson, who if they have a flaw, they're not the best defensive team. Y- you can end up with a high scoring game where Michigan State just outscores Davidson, but I don't see that happening.
3: Okay, uh, and then finally, the winner of that Michigan State-Davidson game, as Jeff just alluded to, will be the w- uh, will play the winner in Greenville, South Carolina, of the number two fifteen game between Duke. By the way, all five NCAA titles under Coach K came from the number two seed position, for those who care about such things, against number 15, Cal State Fullerton, Big West Conference Tournament champions. Their last NCAA tournament bid, uh, tournament win rather, was in 1978. Oh, who could forget it? Duke's favored by 18 and a half. Uh, Will both advance Duke, I would assume, and are you playing the number here at all?
4: Not playing the number. I am going to play overs in Duke games until further notice, because they're not even—they're not even—they're not even faking that they're not even att- that, faking to attempt to play defense at this point. So, uh, just a matter can uh, can the Titans get us enough, enough points to get us over that one forty-six and a half? But I think we can get there.
3: Who do you have meeting in the regional final and advancing to the final four?
4: Gonzaga gets to the final four. They beat Texas Tech in uh, Revenge of Twenty-Nineteen, if you remember that. That's exactly
3: Gil. what I have: Gonzaga over Texas Tech. In the regional final with Gonzaga getting to the final four. By the way, I have Gonzaga squeaking by Memphis in the round of 32. I think they're going to get tested there as well. Jeff and I will do this region by region. That's the west region. we still got the east, south, and midwest to get to. Uh, We will do it throughout the two hours of the show today. But next, Clark Kellogg from CBS Sports, who uh, was jazzed, as he always is, for Selection Sunday this past Sunday. His enthusiasm is infectious. We'll talk to him, get his thoughts on the big dance, coming back, numbers game, VSEN, the sports betting network. A
6: numbers
2: game with Gil Alexander on VSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24/7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy, for only nineteen dollars. That's it, nineteen. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Wes Reynolds, Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Vontobel, and Tim Murray. They got insights on every key team, conference, and player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderellas. Sign up today to get the betting guide, plus full access to VEASAN through the end of the tournament, April 5th, for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash madness. Last night, uh, Jeff Kyrie Irving... Tickled the strings to 60 balloons, as we used to say at basketball camp. 60 for Kyrie last night. He did it in uh, less than three and a half quarters. There was a point there towards the end of the second quarter. We're like, well, he's on pace to get into Kobe range. And have the second highest uh, point total in the history of the NBA, but uh, the Nets were were up so large against the Magic that uh, once he got to sixty, that was the end of the night for Kyrie. So he ends up with a sixty point night in a floor. By the way, the Nets win that game one fifty to one hundred eight, <laughs> one fifty to one hundred eight, and so that's you know that was the thing we were talking about on Primetime Action last night, Jeff, is that with Kyrie on the road. If there's no, you know, if there's no road game afterwards, right? If they're if they're going home, there is no incentive whatsoever at this point for the Nets to restrict his minutes in any way. Now, obviously, if you're blowing out a team by 32 in in the end, and by 30 most of that game, that's a different story. You sit him. But if they're in a playoff, project forward to the playoffs. If this if this rule in New York still exists then Kyrie's going to be logging some massive minutes in the away games that lead up to home games, and uh, we'll see if point spreads a lot for that kind of thing. So that'll be interesting from betting angle. By the way, how great was Vaskersian? The other day I was talking about Vaskersian yesterday morning on the show, talking about how he, he, we had him on primetime action. now. he's talking about how these unvaccinated players can't go play in Toronto. What do you know? Right after that yesterday, the news breaks about how Mets and Yankees Right now, anyway, can't play home games a la Kyrie because of unvaccinated status. Aaron Judge was asked directly about it yesterday, and he was like, "Hey, yeah, we we'll, we'll cross that bridge." Aaron Judge wanted no part of the conversation because it feels like all the Yankees think the rules are going to be changed uh, rules are going to be changed. We'll see if that changes in major League Baseball. obviously, huge impact on both those New York teams. Ladies and gentlemen, when I was a uh, when I was a kid, I went to the Capitol Center and watched the Washington Bullets take on the Indiana Pacers, and this gentleman scored twenty and I screamed, Hey Ricky Mahorn and Jeff Ruland, you better stop the kid. It's Clark Kellogg. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen.
6: How you how you doing? I'm good, Gil. How are you? You went way back to the future on that one, didn't
3: you? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's that's how that's how most of us of a certain age remember you, big prospect out of Ohio State, uh, and playing really wow. well for the Pacers. Let let me ask you this, though, no, you we watched you on Sunday on Selection Sunday. I believe you guys said this was your eighteenth doing this, Clark. Is that true?
6: Yeah, Seth, um, this is probably uh I've been at CBS since ninety seven, Gil. I was out calling games with Jim Nance and Tracy and Steve Kerr for um five years, oh nine to thirteen. Um, and then went back in the studio in 14, but started in the studio in 97 until 2009. So this is probably my 21st or 22nd studio final four. And then I did five out on the remote. So I think this is my 27th, um, perhaps, um, or 26, considering that we didn't have one in 20. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm in that 26, And then Seth joined us. I want to say probably 19. It's probably been 19 years. Greg and I have been together the whole time. Greg came back in '98, and so he and I have shared that.
3: Is there is
6: there, is there for, uh, any,
3: anything for in your anything in your broadcast career, Clark? That is ex, as exciting as that day because it, it seems like to this day you know, <laughs> you, it, you exude excitement. Your your enthusiasm is infectious.
6: Oh, well, I appreciate that, Gil, and it's real. I love the game. It's given me more than I can ever give it from um, my college education to the people I've met, the places I've gone, the life we've been afforded to live as a family. And um, I love the game. So, yeah, that's really exciting. You know what's most exciting to me, though? Um, that's a huge one. That's the butterflies start to fly around a little bit as you anticipate where teams are going to be in the bracket and who's going to get in the bracket. Um, but, you know, when the conference tournaments kick off late February, early March, outside of the Power Six Leagues, that really kind of jump-starts me in terms of amping up the excitement because now you're looking at the tournament in the very beginning stages. Uh, one bid leagues, win or you're done, and the excitement and exuberance that comes out of those teams that make it to the tournament. Longwood, the Lancers are dancers for the first time, some of the other stories that have unfolded. So I like that last week of February, when the first conference championship starts, that's probably um, it's right on par with um, Selection Sunday for me in terms of excitement.
3: All right, well, Clark, you know what I'm going to ask you? Because people are filling out brackets in full force today to get them in before tomorrow's games. You're, in your opinion, the most likely double-digit seeds to advance to the round of 32.
6: There are a few teams that I really like. Um, Chattanooga would probably be my, my favorite. I think they match up well with Illinois. Uh, they've got a big guy, um, Silvo DeSosa, played at Kansas, initially transferred to Chattanooga. Uh, he's not as big as Kofi Coburn, but he um, will be able to hold his own, I think, in that matchup. And their guards are big. So I like them. Of the double-digit seeds, I probably like them the most. I really love the way Davidson plays but I think Michigan State uh, might be able to force them. But my favorite double-digit seed is um, Chattanooga. After that, it would probably be um, San Francisco, although I'm so looking forward to this Murray State-San Francisco game. I thought both of these teams would be uh, dangerous for whoever they played. They just happened to play each other. Uh, So one of those teams before I think Murray State may move on there, but I love San Francisco. Um, and I've got my own New Mexico State, uh, but my greatest conviction is with the um, Chattanooga Mocs. That's yep. the team uh, of the of the double digit seeds that uh, I probably like the most.
3: Let me let me ask that in reverse of the of the teams at mm-hmm. the top of college basketball. And this year, you know, most people believe conventional wisdom that you have boy as as many you know as many teams that have a legit shot at winning at all as any year that folks can remember. Which of that group right. of teams? do you feel is the most vulnerable? Who do you trust the least?
6: Uh, I would probably lean towards Duke just because of the youth. They've got tremendous talent, obviously, and they've got a couple of veterans uh, to supplement that threesome of the freshmen. But I don't know in this one-and-done format of the tournament. And also, it's hard to know how the, the um, last lap, for Coach K might affect them. So I'm curious, but that team, because of the youth, because of uh, who Coach K is in the game and this being his last tournament, uh, might that cause those kids to press a bit? Can they just play and be relaxed? I'm not sure. And so those, that would be the team of the, of the top two seed lines. Um, Baylor's interesting. They don't have the one of, one of the leading scorers for the team, L.J. Cryer. I don't know what his status is yet in terms of his availability, but I know he's missed the last several weeks. And even if he can play, at what level will he be at? So I would put Baylor in the um, category behind Duke in terms of teams on that line. And then Providence is interesting. they won a lot of close games, um, don't have a real standout star. Um, They're going to face a high-powered South Dakota State Jackrabbits team, which I really like. I just don't know if that team has the grit. I know Providence has grit and tenacity and toughness. I think South Dakota State has it, but I'm not sure, and that gives me pause about them. Um, But offensively and the quality of players they have, uh, it should be a fun game to watch.
3: All right, Clark, we only have a minute left. Your Elite Eight Final Four championship game and champions, sir.
6: All right, give me a chance here to go through my sheet. All right, Elite Eight, I stay fairly close to chalk. I've got the Zags, Michigan State, finding a way, as Tom Izzo often does, to have his team playing its best come tournament time. Then UCLA, Kentucky on one side. I've got Arizona. My Buckeyes don't have a tough road if they can get whole and play at the level they showed earlier in the year. So I've got them making it to the Elite Eight along with Iowa and Auburn in the next bracket. Then it's Zona, Iowa, Gonzaga, Kentucky in the final four. Zags and Zona play for it all, and the Zags finally get their coronation as champions.
3: There it is. After uh, many tries, two uh, championship game appearances before this, third time is the charm, according to Clark Kellogg for the Zags. Clark, <laughs> I appreciate it very much. Uh, it's great to, uh, to hook up with you, and enjoy the game starting tomorrow.
6: I'm looking forward to it, Gil. You do the same. Have a wonderful uh, Wednesday.
3: Thank you, sir. Clark Kellogg, everybody. You can follow him on Twitter at ClarkKelloggCBS. Clark Kellogg CBS or Clark Kellogg CBS Sports, Jeff. Which was it? I want to get his Twitter handle correct. We'll check on. It. Oh, there it is. Clark Kellogg CBS. There you go. Had it right the first time. Uh, CBS Sports analyst kind enough to join us on the show today. Jeff will continue. Our Jeff and I rather our bracket by bracket look. We'll go to the Let's go to the East region next and we'll do that not only from an advanced perspective but also ATS and upset rewarded survivor pool perspective. All morning long right here at a numbers game at Visa D Sports Vetting Network.
2: Gil Alexander on v the Sports Betting Network.
3: The King of Sportsbooks is offering college basketball fans a chance at winning big, really, really big. BetMGM's $10 million bracket challenge is free to play and fun to dream about. Pick a perfect college basketball tournament bracket, you'll be the legend that takes home $10 bucks. Fall a little short? Well, the player with the most correct picks wins a guaranteed top prize of $100,000. Anything can happen during BetMGM's March matchups, and that includes you going on a miraculous run of perfect picks. What are you waiting for? Go at it. You got work to do. Go to betmgm.com slash bracket and make your free picks in the $10 million bracket challenge. And don't forget, there's a guaranteed top prize of $100,000. Must be 21 years of age or older to enter. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not available in... Nevada. Skill Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Producer number five and eight. Uh, how about that point, Clark Kellogg? By the way, thanks to Clark Kellogg for coming on the show. How about the point he made, which I have not heard very often? And you and I were just talking about this off air about the Duke kids maybe having, maybe getting an adverse effect from the final Coach K run.
4: What do you think about I that? I think that's a really astute point because we kind of have seen this now. Over the last two weeks, we have the final home game against North Carolina. Get beat crushed in the end, and get destroyed in the second half. But North Carolina played only five guys in the second half. It didn't matter. Mm -hmm. ACC, just forget the championship game. How about the whole tournament? They almost lose to Syracuse without Buddy Bayheim. They were thoroughly unimpressive in a close win against Miami. Their Ken Palm numbers have tanked. They're almost 50th in defense now. Yeah. I, look, I think it's a really good point by Clark Kellogg, and I think it's a part of the reason that going into this tournament, I think a lot of us thinking even just three weeks ago, Gil, well, Duke may Duke Duke may sneak up to the one to the fourth one if a lot of chaos happens and they win the ACC tournament. They handle their business against North Carolina instead. They're the weakest, too, and Yeah, they end up as I, the eight overall seed. Yeah. I just, I, again, I don't see how they, if it's them and Texas Tech in the, in, the, in the Sweet 16, that just feels like a death matchup for Duke. I
3: got Texas Tech advancing past them. All right, let's go to the East, because the uh, East winner will take on the West region in the National Semis. We got work to do, Jeff. This is tomorrow. Number one, Baylor. Who ends up as the number four overall seed, by the way, in this tournament? They're trying to uh, become the first repeat champion since Florida did it back in 2006 and 2007. Remember, Baylor started this year 15 and 0, and they wrapped up the season 11 and 6. They take on number 16, Norfolk State, from the uh, Middle Mid Eastern Athletic Champion. the Mideastern Athletic Conference tournament champion, uh, Norfolk State, went 24-6 and six this year. They were the 64th overall seed in this tournament. We have, But we both have Baylor advancing. Are you laying 21? Are you grabbing
4: 21? Yeah, I would only lay, I think. The only concern is, and Clark mentioned this as well, I mean, L.J. Cryer's been on the shelf for a long time now with that foot injury, and we just haven't seen him. Baylor really looked like they didn't care in the Big 12 tournament, and that lost to Oklahoma, which... Oh, honestly, I can't really blame them, uh, especially trying to get healthy. But in the end, this is no play. Of course, ten years ago, uh, Norfolk State beat my alma mater, and as uh, fifteen over two, one of the nine fifteens to win. And what was one of the, one of the more chaotic days in tournament history? Where four hours apart, Norfolk State upsets Missouri. Duke gets upset by C.J. McCollum and only high four hours mm-hmm. later. Uh, so, but they will. I, I feel pretty confident saying they will not be getting a tournament win against Baylor uh, tomorrow. The yet. only time in NCAA history were two
3: 15s won on the same day. Uh, nine all time. Of course, only one sixteen of all time. UMBC beating Virginia back in 2018, the only time a 16 has advanced. Winner of Baylor-Norfolk State, we assume it's going to be Baylor. We'll take on the winner of the 8-9 game. These games are in Fort Worth, Texas tomorrow. Uh, number 8, North Carolina Tar Heels, uh, tied for their lowest seed ever, by the way, at number 8. Taking on uh, number 9, Marquette. North Carolina, a 3.5-point favorite. I got Carolina advancing here. I would only lay the number or nothing, but I have not made a bet.
4: This is one of the toughest games in the entire bracket for me because I don't trust either of these teams. North Carolina, when they want to play defense, actually is really, really good and would actually have a chance of at least making life difficult on Baylor in the round of 32. Of course, remember, Gil, if you remember last year, Baylor to one in the South. North Carolina was the eighth in that region last year, and they were a very popular. Hey, they're going to upset Baylor in around the 32, and all that happened in Roy Williams' last game, they got blasted by Wisconsin in that game. Uh, I'm going to stay off this. I like Shaka Smart in tournament settings when he's not coaching Texas. So um, uh, I, 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 if you made me bet it, I'd take the three and a half with uh, the Golden Eagles and Marquette. But this is a big stay off.
3: Other side of the Thursday portion of the East bracket, number five, St. Mary's uh, with their highest seed ever. The Gales at number five taking on Indiana, which uh, took down Wyoming last night in the first four in game. Shout out to Wes Reynolds, Indiana alum, who also picked Indiana against the spread. They got there. Uh, in the end, yesterday, first NCAA tournament uh, for Indiana for the Hoosiers since 2016. This game is in Portland. St. Mary's favored by two and a half. Are you are you of the, the very sexy sort of wave of Indiana love, or did you go with Jim Root and like St. Mary's here to go far in this tournament?
4: I like St. Mary's in this game. This is the best team Randy Bennett's ever had. Two and a half, by the
3: way, for people who missed the spread on this.
4: And the big issue for Randy Bennett's squad is that I think they just have a horrible matchup in the round of 32 coming, assuming UCLA handles their business against Akron. But interesting game, similar styles, both the very physical teams, probably going to be a grinded-out game. Uh, I am concerned about the travel for Indiana, like Jim Root brought up earlier in the show, To just getting to Portland right. a matter of hours ago. That's going to... That Did them no un- favors there. Kind of unfair to committee to send three of the Dayton teams totally. out west this year, which yeah. is that only happened one time before in tournament history since they started the first four so uh, i lean st mary's probably won't have a bet on it but i would lean to the gales all right chop
3: chop here on these jeff winter 512 st mary's and uh, indiana will take on ucla akron akron of course the uh, mac conference ernie champs after getting that sort of assist From the uh, conference for suspending four Kent State players in the first half, one of whom was a big contributor after they put out that video. UCLA, 11 national titles, the most all-time, trying to get to 12 here. Got to the final four last year. Uh, Akron, 0-4 all-time in the NCAAs. UCLA favored by two touchdowns. UCLA advance here, yes, no upset.
4: UCLA advances would very much consider taking the points with Akron, though.
3: All right, Friday, other side of this bracket. Number six, Texas. Chris Beard's Longhorns, four straight round of 64 losses for Texas, but Beard had nothing to do with those, against the ACC Conference Tournament champs, Virginia Tech, a 6-11 game, fifth straight NCAA appearance for the Hokies. This is in Milwaukee, Texas favored by just one. One of the hardest round of 64 games in terms of your bracket to figure out who to advance. Would you in upset-rewarded pools or Survivor, would you take a shot at the Hokies here?
4: I don't know about Survivor, but upset-rewarded pools, yes, I would take a shot on Virginia Tech. With yeah. that said, if Texas wins this game, Texas is going to have a really good chance to upset Purdue.
3: I'm with you there. Purdue is taking on Yale in the game. uh, where the winners play each other here. The three fourteen game Friday, also in Milwaukee. Boilermakers top four uh, seed for the fifth straight NCAA tournament that they've been in. And Yale, uh, the Ivy League Conference Tournament champs. Remember, there's only four teams in the Ivy League uh, tournament. Yale's one in six all-time in the NCAA tournament. This game is in Milwaukee as well. Produced favored by 16. You and Wes Reynolds on the Beating the Book podcast. And those uh, who want a deep dive into all these games should check that out. You guys hate this this matchup for Yale. And this is the one game where you're willing to lay
4: the wood? Yeah, this would be one I'm willing to w- lay the wood because I just hey, yeah, this is as weak of an Ivy champ as you Purdue could have hoped for. If it was Princeton, I would not be looking at this, Princeton, was a top 30 offense all year, uh, just ran out of steam against Yale. Very physical semifinal against Cornell. Uh, that showed up in that Yale game. But I would be willing to lay the wood here with Purdue. Wouldn't shock me Purdue wins this game by 30. They're just much better than Yale. All
3: right, this is an imbalanced uh, region in terms of when the games are played. So back to Thursday, back to tomorrow. Uh, for the last two of these. These are in Indianapolis. Number seven, Murray State against number 10, the San Francisco Dons, Sleeping Giant of the Bay, as I always used to call them. Their first NCAA appearance since 1998. By the way, Murray State, the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament champs, uh, who have never been to the Sweet 16. Clark Kellogg alluded to this game as well. He, He had a little love for USF. Shame, a shame that the committee made this a matchup.
4: Yeah, all you had to do was flip Murray State and, and USC, and you w- really would have had fairer matchups uh, in those two regions. i like Murray to win this game. If they were in any other pod with any other two-seed, I'd have them in the Sweet 16 but can't do it with Kentucky.
3: All right, and that is the, uh, the game that is side-by-side with this one. Number two, Kentucky against number 15, St. Peter's, the Metro Atlantic Conference Tournament champions. Uh, Kentucky with their 59th NCAA tournament appearance. Is that good? The most all-time. We both advance Kentucky. They're the number 6 overall seed. They're favored by 18. Are you laying the points here or are you just
4: staying away? No, I'm going to stay off. Look for a St. Peter's uh, team total under, though. All right. uh, Regional final and your regional champ. Kentucky beats UCLA in the regional final, Gil. I
3: have doo, 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 Kentucky beating Baylor. I have Baylor squeaking by UCLA. As I shun the championship formula and knock both Baylor and UCLA out, I got Kentucky going to the Final Four. I'm going against the formula. What am I doing? Got to revisit my brackets. What the hell's going on here? All right, we'll do this bracket by bracket for the rest of the show. But next from under a cloud of smoke in Southern California just before he boards a jet to come out here to Vegas. The host of Wide World of Weingarten podcast, Jason Weingarten, next, Numbers Game decent, the Sports Betting Network.
1: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started the Big Take D.C.,